following podcast is scheduled for one fall. Hailing from the Pro Wrestling Tees headquarters in Chicago, Illinois, they are your hosts of the PWT cast, Scrub and Bank! Bang, bang, what is up, you guys? Welcome to episode 60 of the PWT cast. My name is Scrum. And this is Stank. Boy, Stank. This week has been quite a fucking week. Uh, it's been pretty eventful. There's a lot of things to talk about. But first, uh, I want to give a huge thanks to our sponsors who make this show free every week for you possible. I'm, of course, talking about the official sponsors of the PWT cast. We got Freelance Wrestling. Uh, head over to IWTV.com. Use the promo code FREELANCE. Get a free 20-day trial. And uh, hell, we're even sponsoring a freelance show. Saturday, October 10th at the Marion County Fairgrounds in Indianapolis. Freelance and Freelance Underground present. I don't think we're in Chicago anymore. It's going to feature a ton of talent, including uh, Josh Alexander, Ethan Page, Effie, Danhausen, Warhorse, Isaiah Velasquez, Kylie Ray, which shout out to those two crazy kids. They got engaged over the weekend. Uh, congratulations. Congratulations. So happy to them. Um, but the show is also sponsored by uh, The Cryptic Closet. If you're in the, if you're looking for a new fanny pack right now, I know summer's over, but hey, fanny packs are still very uh, useful in the fall and winter. Head over to the Cryptic Closet, get yourself a Fanny DeVito fanny pack. Which, yes, it is exactly what that sounds like—a fanny pack in the likeness of one Danny DeVito. Uh, use promo code PWTCast and you get a whole ass twenty percent off. We've also got the wonderful people over at M3 Toys. If uh, if you're like me and you're starting to collect Funko Pops again or you want to be like Dave and have a nice collection of NECA figures on your desk, head over to M3 Toys. They got a fun, a ton of fun stuff over there. And if you use the promo code PWTCast, that's 10% off everything, including pre-orders. They have a lot of really cool stuff in stock, so go check them out. And then last but not least, we have uh, Gorilla Publishing. If you're looking for a new comic book to read, I know... You know, during this pandemic, people have been reading a lot. They've been checking out a bunch of different comic books. Uh, head over to GorillaPublishingGroup.com and check out some of the wonderful work they've got over there. But Dave, I, I more than not was like, oh, I feel like this week's going to be slow. I, it was just a gut feeling that I had. I was like, I don't think much is going to be going on uh, this week. But boy, was I wrong. Uh, it was excellent. Oh. I guess let's start off with uh, the announcement of the PS5. Um, yes. Were you able to, did you pre-order one? Or are you like, I, I know personally for me, I never really get systems like right at launch. I usually just wait a little bit. Like for the most part, my PS3s and PS4s have just been something for me to watch Netflix on as I'm not much of a gamer. But what about yourself? Did you manage to pre-order one or are you going to wait? I've got one on pre-order. Uh I'm a big early adopter when it comes to uh, video game console hardware. Um, I I'm a firm believer in that. Like uh, you do pay an early adopter tax. Like you're going to buy it at the most expensive it's ever going to be in its life. Um, but like you know, I was explaining this to stupid Michael. Um, when you get early, like the early systems, they get the best chip yield. Uh, a lot of times, like if you had a PS3, it had the most features at launch, and then they started taking away stuff as they were trying to make it more cost effective. Um, so yeah, I I've always been uh, one to get the system when they come out, and I'm uh, pretty proud of it. I, I'm keeping the streak alive. Did, so. you get, did you get the version where you can put the discs in, or without the discs? No, like so. We have like four. No, we have five PS4s at the house. Uh, 
And so if I buy digital, I can put a copy on two machines rather than one. So that's the way I always go. I I can't tell you the last time I put in a movie disc or a game disc. It's got to be at least five, six years. So, yeah, we we went digital and uh, it was cheaper. So that was kind of a no-brainer. So Nice. Yeah, see, I – I'm just usually not one to get it right out, right away just because like I mentioned I'm not much of a video game guy. If you follow, right. if you followed me earlier at the start of the pandemic, uh you'll know that there was a specific game that I was very much into and that of course leads us to uh our next seg our next segment uh Ragnarok is coming. Yes. God of War Ragnarok, God of War 5, whatever you want to call it is coming. I I listen I am a Sony man through and through. I've I've never liked the Xbox. I've, I've, I've nothing about it. Like it, the designs always looked weird. The the controller I've, I was never a fan of. And I just I, I'm I'm a loyal Sony guy. You know, from the yeah. PlayStation Two forward, I've always been a Sony guy. So I was never gonna not get the PS Five. You know, it, it was more so if and not when. You know, yeah, or when not if. Um, yeah, the other way around. Yeah, the other way around. I was always gonna get it. And when I saw they announced like the Miles Morales game, I was like, "Dude, that looks fucking awesome!" I I definitely need uh, I, I one need to actually start the Spider Man game as I got about ten minutes into it, and then just I think I yeah. started watching the leftovers, so I, I didn't play it. Um, but then I saw like it wasn't even a teaser; it was just a photo of the God of War, yeah, like the, the logo materializing. Yeah, and I was just like, "I am, I am in." I am Kenny Omega at the at the Sears Center against Pentagon Junior. I am all in, like, so so hyped for that. Again, they didn't even show anything, and I am so excited for it. They made so much goodwill from the first PS4 game. Mm-hmm. You know it's going to be good. So yeah, like, listen, that I would call that God of, God of War like a perfect game. You know, it won game of the year. It is very good. It is like if you and the the good thing is is if you haven't played any of the past games, like you don't really have to. They they explain enough. Like obviously there will be things that you don't understand if you've never played the original games, but I feel they they do a good enough job at like explaining it all that even if you've never picked up one of the games, you'll be fine, you know, realistically. You'll be lost. Yeah. Um but let, let's head, let's roll right on over because I, I was like, oh boy, that's going to be the biggest thing that happened this week. And then Disney said, "Hold my beer," and they dropped the they dropped the Mandalorian two season two trailer, and oh, fuck, it brought me back. Like I, I definitely need to rewatch the first season. Oh yeah, the first season was like so good, and it just it seemingly came out of nowhere. Like I, I was I wasn't worried about like a Star Wars thing without jedi and shit because really they they already had done that with rogue one and i was a huge fan of rogue one uh you know jenner so stole my heart um but i was a huge fan of that and just the show's so good especially when you have john favreau and dave filoni in charge like the show's always going to be amazing and then they showed sasha banks uh in the background and boy was i even i think she's a i think she's a jedi so people, are, there's a, a character. I believe the character's name is Sabine. That yeah, people are like, that's her. But then there's other people that are like, no, there's no way Disney would just spoil that and show that. And I mean, again, 
I don't know who she's playing. I would love it if, you know, it was like a, a character, a reoccurring character. Um, you know, they've already talked about how uh, Rosario Dawson is going to be playing the character of Ahsoka in the, in the show. And I'm not familiar with the character as I've not watched any of those animated shows yet. But uh, from what I Ahsoka's, hear, Ahsoka's yeah, from what yeah. I hear, she's, she's an awesome character and people are excited. So uh, I thought that was going to be the coolest thing that Disney dropped all week. And then literally right as we were about to hit record, they dropped the WandaVision trailer. Uh, oh, and we've been waiting for this for a while. I've been listen uh, through the grapevines. I heard a little bit here and there about uh, what one division might actually be, and that had me excited because, like Scarlet Witch, I'm 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 into the spooky characters. You know, I love Doctor Strange. I, I on my keychain is the the Eye of Agamotto. So clearly, you know, Iron Man, Doctor Strange, Black Panther, those those are my guys. But I I love. I've always loved like Scarlet Witch or at least the idea of Scarlet Witch. You know, she's like the most powerful, one of the most powerful mutants. And yeah. there's like House of M, which goes into, you know, where she, spoiler alert, like wipes out most of the mutant race just by like saying it, which is, it, it yeah. shows the extent of her power. And one of my favorite scenes, one of my favorite scenes in Endgame is uh, after she comes back from the portal and, she just fucking <laughs> she just walks right up to Thanos and she's like, "You took everything from me," and this guy has no idea who she is because he hasn't met this per you know this like. And, and he says as much too. He goes, "I don't even know who you are." And she, and listen, she is about to kill him to the point you know where he's like execute like uh or he's like yes. uh he's like fall make it rain or something like that and it starts just like fucking dude it's it's so awesome like she almost kills the guy single handedly. The amount of panic he has, he's like, oh, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no. Fire all the missiles. Yeah. Maybe. And then someone's like, we're all down here. He's like, I don't care. Yeah. That's pretty good. He's like, rain, fire. And mind you, this is the same guy who, like, single-handedly was fighting off Thor, Captain America, and Iron Man. Like, this yeah. dude. And he beat the shit out of the Hulk. And he beat the shit out of the Hulk. But here comes Scarlet Witch and just, ah. Uh, but yeah. so good. Like, if you haven't checked out, it's, it's like about a minute and... 30 seconds uh disney yeah. put it over on their um on their twitter go ahead and watch it um it definitely looks like one of the most one of the more unique things that they've done like concept wise like you like you know you've always seen like the the 50s sitcom imagery but then they kind of like it's glitching out and stuff it's very cool i, I don't want to spoil the rest of it for you but like very interesting and i think it'd be interesting if she's the one that brings the mutants into the universe yeah, it'd like, be like a subversion of what she did in the comic books. So, well, even then, like again, even uh, you, you know, like let's not let's not stop any of the comic book news because um, earlier in the week there was uh, like another announcement as far as uh, characters in the MCU. Jonathan Majors, who uh, stars in Lovecraft Country, which I've not started yet, I I plan on it, um, yeah. but it it appears he's like the main person. He was cast as King the Conqueror, who's going to be in Ant-Man 3. Um, how familiar are you with the character of King the Conqueror? Not very familiar, I'll be honest. So the iteration that I'm aware of, because I was made aware by a friend of the show, W.H. Park, uh, over from Post Wrestling, uh, Post Perez, shout out, love you, W.H. Um, but I was brought, to, was brought to my attention via him that there's several different versions. 
Yeah. And the version, at least, that I'm familiar with, um, he is a future, he's like an alternate future version of Iron Lad, who is uh, Nathaniel Richards. And if you hear the name Nathaniel Richards, you kind of go, huh, that that sounds familiar. That sounds like a famous name. Exactly, because he's uh, the, the character of Nathaniel Richards is that of Iron Lad, of the Young Avengers. Uh, now, if you're thinking, wait, but Richards, where have I heard that from? Uh, he's uh, Sue and Reed Richards' son of the Fantastic Four. Uh, so I don't think this is a one-off character. Like, I very much think he has potential to be, like, a big bad. Like, he is, um, if you guys have Disney+, Plus, there's the Avengers Assemble, or Earth, Avengers Earth's Mightiest Hero show. It only ran two seasons. Maybe it's about 40 episodes altogether, about 20 each season. There's an episode in which they have King the Conqueror come, and he just, like, takes a bunch of the Avengers, and then there's, like, a backup Avengers that basically, like, a, I think it's, like, Jarvis who puts together... It's like Wolverine, Spider-Man, Luke Cage, Iron Fist, just a bunch of other characters. Um, but the character, of, uh, it, it's interesting to see what they're going to go and which route because forever there's been rumors of they're bringing in the Young Avengers. Like uh, they aged up Ant-Man's daughter who plays Stature in the comic books. There is a Hawkeye TV show in which they're introducing uh, like the female Hawkeye. I forget her name off the top of my head. But, you know, it's like the whole, there's a whole comic book series on it where it's Clint Barton who's, who's now who's now going by the, the Ronin mantle who, like, mentors her. Uh, again, there's rumors that Hulkling is supposed to show up in the next Captain Marvel. There's rumors that uh, the Maximoff twins are going to show up in this WandaVision show. So, like, things are eerily falling into place. Like, again, if you don't if you don't buy any of that kind of hard not to because it's you know marvel is definitely showing their hand but um well they also cast she hulk too yep they've also yeah jesus christ it hasn't been uh quite the week they saw all the stuff that uh dc was doing which don't worry we're gonna get to dc it's a lot of comic book talk this week uh yeah, yeah. they cast she hulk as well it was the the actress who was an orphan black which I, i've never seen the show orphan black i don't know how familiar you are with it i've seen it myself either but uh you, you know what's funny? Uh, let's talk real quick. Uh, someone made a big stink about the casting, and they said, "Oh, she's not tall, and her boobs aren't big enough." And it's like, guys, come on. Yeah, which like, <laughs> like fuck off. <laughs> you know, Just fuck right off, please. Yeah, like I mean, Wolverine is like supposed to be like Danny DeVito height. Yeah, he's like 5'3". Yeah, like a big thing about like the character of Wolverine was how short he was. Um, Nobody complained when Hugh Jackman was playing him. I mean, some people did complain. But, but. you know, also, uh, spoiler alert, uh, like the character of the Hulk, they cast a normal guy. Yeah. And there's this new mechanism. It's called CG. uh, And they use that to make him look like you know, the Incredible Hulk, his comic book counterpart. Um, also, e- even even with CGI, I don't know if many of you uh, young men have seen female bodybuilders. <laughs> they normally don't have gigantic anime titties. Come on. Yeah. 
uh we yeah those gigantic anime titties that you're yeah. you know that you're upset about that you're not getting in this yeah not realistic you know like don't be a big weirdo yeah also josh brolin uh they didn't just paint him purple and make him uh like five foot five feet taller than everyone it again was yeah, he wasn't born with like weird wrinkly testicle chin yeah it was cgi they'll, they'll, fix, it. they'll fix it in post don't worry yeah, about it they'll they'll fix it all in post and also if your major gripe with this is like again it's it's not like some swole bodybuilder with giant anime titties then i i don't know what to i don't know what to tell you bro there's plenty of other mediums where you can explore that specific fetish set. You don't need it in your Marvel movies, okay? So just uh, settle down. They haven't steered us wrong yet, so yeah, give them I, a chance. Yeah, I will. I will follow Marvel till the end of yeah. time until they steer me wrong. Also, uh, what is it? Captain America and Winter Soldier, uh, or Falcon and Winter Soldier? That show started up production again. So, like. Exciting things are happening. Yeah, things are happening, uh, but over on the DC front, I I actually mentioned to you earlier today uh, when we mm-hmm. were talking uh, uh, that there's uh, some flat, some potential flashpoint spoilers. Uh, cool. Which and if they're true, yeah. Which, I mean, listen, if you don't want to hear, it, go ahead and fast forward like two minutes, uh, maybe a little bit more. But I want to talk about it. Um, according to Fandom Wire. Uh, Ezra Miller's Flash will be visiting several different uh, Batman universes. He, you know, it's, it's already like, oh, uh, Michael Keaton's coming on board, which is like cool. But apparently, he's visiting Christian Bale's, you know, Christopher Nolan's uh, Batman, Val Kilmer's Batman. Yeah, Val Kilmer was Batman for, for those of you guys who forgot. George Clooney's Batman, and uh, what I thought, what's the the coolest thing is, um, years ago there was supposed to be a Nicolas Cage Superman movie. Never came to fruition, uh, but there's, like, photos that you can see. Um, Kevin Smith was, like, writing it at one point, and it was uh, Tim Burton. Tim Burton, who was going to also do the Superman movie. You know, he he did those earlier uh, Batman ones. Well, apparently, since those two movies are set in the same universe, Nicolas Cage is set to reprise his role as Kal-El, uh, which it would be fucking amazing. Like, Brad. just fan service. Like, I'm not. I'm not someone who's against fan service. I know some people get really touchy about fan service and don't like it, don't want it. I'm all about it. You know, like I'm. I'm all for it. I love it. If it's not your thing, totally get it, and that's fine. But give me, give me all the Batman. I don't think. I don't think there's a way that they can pull off like putting in all of those uh batman from all those batman universes yeah but well adam west is dead adam west is dead and that would have been cool if he was alive to reprise that role that would have been sweet and listen you you could always with movie magic you could always do something you know burt ward is still with us thankfully you could always have him show up something you'd always do something you know i I wouldn't put it past that you could CGI Adam West and give him big anime titties. That that's what I was hoping that they wouldn't do. <laughs> uh, I mean, I assume they they were doing that. So yeah, but um, I'm pretty excited about that. Like, I know some people are like, uh, I don't know about Flashpoint. I think it'll be fine. Um, and then, last but not least, 
Uh, two weeks ago when we spoke to Brody King, he and Kelsey, friend of the show, Kelsey, she asked me about this. Uh, you know, he talked, he's like, you should watch Birds of Prey, the Harley Quinn movie. And I watched it last week and just forgot to talk about it, but it was a great movie. I, I had fun watching it. Like, um, you can very much tell like, oh, okay, this was a woman in charge of making this like movie right. targeted at, at young women. Like there were, there weren't a lot of like classic tropes that you see when like men are directing the movies, uh, which was refreshing um margot robbie is she's really good as harley quinn like that is very much the role she was born to play yeah very much in the same way that i feel like benedict cumberbatch is dr strange you know chadwick boseman you know god rest his soul was black panther and you know like and so on you know what i mean it, it was yeah. really fun you know it was shorter than i thought it was it was it was like right under two hours um i'd enjoyed it you know and i gotta thank and I know I feel bad because Kelsey and, and Matt Nicks, friend of the show, uh, they were both like forever, like, you got to watch it. You got to watch it. And I, and I just didn't. And unfairly so. And like we kind of get into in this week's interview about kind of, you know, of doing that where you don't even give something a chance. You just kind of prejudge it, which, yeah. listen, everyone's guilty of in some facet of life, you know, whether it's, oh, you know, I don't really like that food. And it's like, well, have you really tried it? And it's like, no, but I just, I know I don't like it. Or something like that, like a movie, a video game. Trust me, we all do it. I, I still do it to this day, but it was really fun. If you haven't checked it out, check it out. It's on HBO Max. It's, again. I still I, I still haven't brought myself to watch it. I'm still prejudging it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I I keep telling my wife, I was like, hey, you want to watch Birds of Prey? And she's like, not really. You can watch it. And I was like, eh, I'll find an excuse not to. But uh, I don't want Brody King to beat me up for not watching it. So I might have to watch it this week. No promises. Well, hey, we'll see if uh, by next week you've already seen it. Uh, but hey, also speaking of uh, like big things that have happened this week, uh, the biggest thing happened yesterday, actually. Uh, well, today as we're recording, but Sunday, biggest thing happened Sunday. Friend of the show, Trevor Outlaw. Happy 26th birthday, my guy. Happy birthday. Uh, I love Trevor. Trevor is, he holds a special place in my heart because he is the first person and I've talked about it on, on numerous other podcasts. So I'm going to talk about it on here as well. He was the very first person to come up to me and say, Oh, Hey, I, I listened to the show. I really like it. And that was it. That was all it took. It spawned like a, a really wonderful, yeah. beautiful friendship that I've got with Trevor. You know, it, he's super, super nice guy. The guy will give you an arm and a leg, you know, t- to help always wanting to help, always willing to help. Super awesome guy. Uh, I went over to uh, to his apartment. I got to see his dog wearing his little bolo tie. Ezio, I believe the dog's name is. Really cool wearing a bolo tie. I'm not going to lie. Um, but yeah, you know, I had some food, had some cake. You know, he was there. Some other, you know, a little small thing. But happy birthday, my guy. I, I know he, he listens to this religiously. You know, he's always telling us how, you know, what he enjoyed about episodes. And hey, if you guys are friends with Trevor Outlaw on uh twitter instagram go wish him a happy birthday uh before we dave before we get into this week's interview though i i needed to tell a story um i i helped myself and mark actually we we helped a friend of ours uh move on saturday she um well well, i'm delved to be into it she needed to get out of the place she was at you know it was uh 
uh, a bad bad breakup, very bad breakup with her and her boy, her boyfriend, yeah. her ex boyfriend versus the living situation. Um, I'm not what you call mature, so uh, <laughs> uh, while we were moving things, uh, I was like, "Oh, I need to expel some urine. Let me excuse myself to the bathroom." And mind you, everyone's moving around, moving boxes and stuff. We're loading things in in the moving truck, and I go into the bathroom to pee and. I think to myself, the guy that lives here is a fucking piece of shit. He is, for all intents and purposes, human garbage. Uh, if he was there, I probably would have punched him in the face. And I'm not a violent person. So. But this guy was deserving of it. This yeah, this guy was this guy deserved this guy deserved yeah. a lot worse than what happened. Uh, what happened is I just uh, pissed all over his floor, just all over the bathroom floor, just started peeing all over the bathroom floor and again like some of you guys think like wow that's pretty excessive um he did something very 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 bad and very heinous uh to physically hurt a very close friend of ours and yeah uh i thought hey at the very least i'm gonna take a piss all over this guy's floor and i was trying to uh leave a double decker in the toilet as well didn't get the chance to as the police was like, all right, come on. No, or you guys are done packing up. It's time to go. Uh, but pissed all over that floor. Like as for sure, these guys, as soon as we left and they went in there just saw the mess that I left. And yeah, like, Hey, if you don't want to get your floor pissed on, um, treat others well, you know, yeah. don't, don't be, uh, don't be an asshole. Uh, but speaking of people who aren't assholes, we had the pleasure of talking to uh, the one and only Warhorse. Super fun interview. It, it went it went a little long. I'm not gonna lie to you guys. Uh, Dave and I kind of just sat down with a guy. It was our first time meeting him, at, at least in person, like at, at a non wrestling event thing because we've seen him wrestle before. But super fun interview. Uh, super cool dude. Super cool dude. Like um, afterwards we were showing them the the shop over here pro wrestling tees because you'd only ever really seen the wrestling school because you'd done a seminar before but super awesome guy uh like and one of my favorite things about like him doing this with us was that he talked about how he wanted to do this in person because we we had emailed back and forth before about possibly doing something and he was like i i really want to do it in person so you know, he, he recorded an episode of My Violet Tendencies uh, with friend of the show, Matt Nix, and then recorded an episode with us and still had a lot to talk about. You know, very, very awesome guy. Like, uh, he's in that group of people that Sarah Shockey says, oh, this person's really nice. I think you would like them. Not steered us wrong because he was such an awesome guy. It was a really fun episode. Um, I may trim it down just a little bit just because, again, it was it was pretty long that we recorded and I know Dave and I have already kind of been rambling on for, for a while now. So uh, without any further ado, let's go ahead and get into this week's episode with uh, the one and only War Horse. Ladies and gentlemen, we're so happy that today with us we have uh, the longest reigning IWTV champion. Uh, he rules ass. You guys have seen him on uh, AEW. You can see him all over IWTV, uh, as we mentioned. Uh, with, I mean, let's just cut to the chase with us today, ladies and gentlemen. Warhorse. You gotta say no caps. 
Warhorse, you gotta say it in all caps. You're damn right. Warhorse is here on the podcast, and uh, uh, and do I gotta do the voice the whole time? Oh, no, 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 you're no, good. No, you, no. you sure? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah nobody's no. gonna be offended. Uh, no, nobody's no. gonna be triggered. No, nope. no, nope. nothing. No hate mail. Uh, maybe a little. Maybe a little, but it's all fine. right. If I get anything in my PO box and it says poison, I ain't. I'm throwing it in the trash. It says anthrax. I'll open it though. <laughs> That's fine. Yeah, All right. it might okay. be from it. We're good. Yeah, we're good. We're okay, good. good. Because I really didn't want to do that. For <laughs> yeah. <an hour. laughs> well, you see, we, we'd had the conversation before with uh, Danhausen as well, and he was just like, "Oh, do I would I have to do the voice the entire time?" And I'm like, "I would never ask you to do the Danhausen voice for like 45 minutes Dude, to an hour." So Danhausen is on another level when it comes to that. He did an hour long interview with Ethan Page and stayed in gimmick the entire time. <laughs> that is something that like I need to work on and I want to do, and in the future I will. But I'm still not comfortable enough. Like I just started doing a Q and A thing once a week to where I'm just like walking home from the gas station in full <laughs> vest and face paint and shit and trying to like see how Warhorse acts out in the wild, you know, and still trying to feel it out, but eventually. That's uh, like that's always one of my favorite things though. Like I've seen like uh Nick Gage doing like uh his cameos just like live in person. He's just like walking around like the grocery store. And like to <laughs> me that's always my favorite thing where you see wrestlers like you mentioned like if you're in war- the full Warhorse, you know, get up just walking down the street. Yep. You know someone's walking or just like in their car like I saw What this. the hell is like, Oh, okay. people were honking and waving at me. I did uh cameos from my hotel room last night mm-hmm. and I kept saying it was the Horsepower Hotel. <laughs> <laughs> that is always one of those things like I've I've talked about it before where going to wrestling shows and seeing how people that don't know anything about wrestling react mm-hmm. like just the staff and um like I famously talk about it was at the Madison Square Garden show the New Japan Ring of Honor one. And you see these like beautiful Japanese men coming on these extravagant getups, and like it's it's always just like an older like an old guy who's just like standing there like seeing this who's like security, and I just want to be like, what is like what is going on? I wonder on? what's going through his head. Yeah, yeah. like like what do you think, oh. dude? Anytime I wear my battle vest, I get like a bunch of compliments. You know, it resonates with a lot of different people at mm-hmm. least. So well, just like visually, it's it's like it's a real cool getup. Like you, for all intents and purposes, like are a superhero. I try to be. Yeah, I mean, I feel pretty super about it. <laughs> but like that, you know, because there's a lot of and there's nothing wrong if if you like classic Japanese wrestlers that just like black trunks, yellow boots, or something mm-hmm. like that. You know. Yeah. But when you see someone just like, oh, this guy, this guy's clearly sat at home thinking about like what does this character look like? This is what they look like. And you're going to fucking know every time that he comes to the ring, you know, it's head banging, yeah. the vest, like the face. It's paint. a total, it's a total package thing. And that's, uh, I did a, I was telling you guys earlier, I was, did a seminar here last week and that was like a big sticking point was just like, make your stuff look different and cooler and stand out and just like committing to kayfabe. Cause like kayfabe's not dead. It's just different now mm-hmm. because like we all know what the deal is. But we still want to invest and believe that these people are real and they really exist. So, like, from the time I, I pull up to the show to the time I leave the show, I'm Warhorse. That's why if you see me at the merch table, nobody's talking to me. I'm usually headbanging or playing air guitar or something. <laughs> Just, like, if you see Warhorse, he needs to act like and be Warhorse so that way it, and you get invested into it. And then anything I post on social media is, like, Warhorse related. You know what I mean? I have my own personal stuff, but, like... To be honest, I don't really use it, right? But because mm-hmm. I'm mostly doing Warhorse stuff and like trying to think as far as that gimmick goes, but just explaining that to 
the students here make such a difference because I saw their eyes light up. They're like, what do you mean it's not dead? Whoa. Yeah. Well, well it's, that's one of the things, too. Like, when when Freelance was having shows before the pandemic, I would bring my daughter, like, maybe every other month. And, like, what you're saying is, like, if you're at the merch table and you're just headbanging, for, like, a kid to catch that, you know, that silent moment that no one's paying attention to, and she's like, oh, he's, he really is that guy. Oh, look at him. Look, Dad. Mm-hmm. You know, and, like... So many times when we see wrestlers like that, um, they're not committing. They're on their phone or someone's walking by the table and they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But like when you're totally committed, I think that's the magic of War Horse is that like everyone believes in it because you are War Horse, you know? For sure. It's it's just, I don't know. There's a way to explain it that I, that is not coming to my head right now. But as far as like I'm concerned, kayfabe isn't dead. It's mm-hmm. just like... You can still adhere to it. You can stick to it, and like you can actually get results from it if you apply and try hard enough with it. It's just most people don't apply themselves to it. They're not worried about cutting promos. They're not worried about getting their personalities over. Everybody is worried about having the best match possible, and if everybody is worried about that, awesome, cool. Match quality goes way up. But if everybody's having good matches, how do you stand out? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean. I think also like the authenticity in you comes out. Like that was very much a thing with Dave and I. Like we mentioned to you, we've. Like here at the PWT cast, we love Effie. Like mm-hmm. I l- love him yeah, to he's death. He's my man. Oh, yeah, Effie's the shit. Uh, so much. Like literally, the, the first time we interviewed him, maybe two minutes of wrestling. Like it was literally just us getting to know the guy, and that kind of helped us with like later on, where I'm just like, I am fully invested into the character. Like this guy can do anything, and I will, I will be there. I will, I like, I'll support him. And I think for someone to like hear what you're saying where you're like this is how committed i am where mm-hmm. I, I walk in and i walk out and this is the whole four or five hours that i'm there th- like i am warhorse and this is where you're going to get because mm-hmm. like you mentioned like there's there's some people who will fully commit to it but there's others where it's kind of just like uh, they, they have that like no kayfabe's dead so i'm not going to try but right when you try like a little bit harder it's genuine and it comes off like i think that's why people like you effie uh alley cat like Danhausen, like that's why it's like you guys connect with people the most because there's like that authenticity coming through of like um like it's not just like oh it's just a bit that they're doing so they can sell some more t-shirts or something right. like that like no it's definitely like oh this is who they are anyone can do like a gimmick that's heavy metal related there's a ton of them mm-hmm. i added bits of my own personality and like sense of humor and like interests and stuff into this gimmick to give it authenticity and that's something that people forget about they always like look at gimmick wrestlers as like duke the dumpster or like Mm -hmm. you know uh repo man or things like that to where it's like just a ridiculous concept in general and then these guys there's no personality behind it it's just like they know that they're a gimmick and so they're gonna act like the gimmick and that is it you know what i mean Mm -hmm. there's no like actual real substance behind it and you can tell that like they weren't into the gimmick really in the first place when you look at like other wrestlers like you were doing the seminar and stuff do you think there's like some kind of like fear to maybe committing to something like that because like you look at like some of the people we've named effie Danhausen, uh orange cassidy like on their face or even warhorse there's a little bit of silliness to it Mm -hmm. but when you commit to it like the fans are i don't want to say in on the joke but they're in on it and so they suspend their disbelief. But like simple things like the best friends showing up in their mom's van, 
if you tell someone that and they're like, oh, I don't want to do that, that's weird. No one would like, but you commit to it and then the fans are like, oh yeah, that's pretty rad. Like something that seems stupid and silly. No, for sure. It's just, it's more so about putting yourself out there like that. You're mm-hmm. putting, you're putting yourself not on a pedestal. I guess a ledge would be a good example. And you're like trying not to fall off the ledge because if you do, then, then like it flops and it falls mm-hmm. on its face. But you know, if, if you do it and like you start to see results from it obviously you're going to keep doing it but it's just most people don't want to put themselves in that position and they're afraid to and that's okay like some people think that i don't like wrestlers wrestlers you know like grapplers technicians Mm -hmm. but i fucking love them they're awesome there's you can still have a gimmick and be a world-class wrestler like a world-class wrestler is a fucking great gimmick Mm -hmm. like like that's a gimmick i don't care what anybody says because they wrestle different than everybody else and their gimmick is technical wrestler. So they're doing technical wrestling where like, I don't fucking do that. So like, that's not my gimmick. You know what I mean? Like it's still a gimmick. It's just people think gimmick means hokey, silly, doink the clown stuff. Well, you look at like the undertaker who for the last, what, 30 years, his gimmick has been that he's a zombie magician. Mm. Like, yeah, the most ridiculous thing. Yeah. And then who like, (laughs) You know, oh, he now he's a biker, and oh, now he's back as a zombie magician. Right, he was a satanic priest for a little bit. Yeah, who's like super into UFC, and like it comes off. And I Mm -hmm. think it's that where it's like if you like, it's okay for like, all right, that that his his thing's allowed to have layers though because he's been around for so long, Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. it makes more sense because everybody's been following the story to where like some people try to come up with a gimmick and it has way too many layers off the bat that like you need to do homework for Mm -hmm. but most things need to be cut and dry as soon as you see it you know what the deal is like Danhausen's a weird example but you know if you watch a Danhausen match you pretty much learn the deal about what he is what he does who he is like you learn everything you need to know about Danhausen from one match just Mm -hmm. like you can do that with an Effie match a warhorse match you know like I remember the first time we saw Dan the dad like there there's a there's a certain category of wrestlers who we always talk about who like Sarah Shockey of, of Marty and Sarah Love Wrestling, she will always be like, This person's awesome, like keep an eye on them. And I'm always like, All right, cool. And like even normally when like we, we interview them, it's like, Oh yeah, that person is the coolest person ever. Yeah, but like they were remember, right. she was like, Keep an eye on Dan the Dad. And I was like, All right. And then it was Dan the Dad versus Effie at a freelance show. And just like you said, again, this is our first time watching them and within three minutes we I was got like, it. Oh, I was like, I I love this man. I'm like, he is awesome just because, again, like, you understood what his character was. Like, he wasn't going to go in there and, like, be Kurt Angle all of a sudden and start doing all right. this crazy shit. But, like, the things he was doing, he was committed to it. And, again, like, it was just, like, perfect. That's who you are. And, like, he did it so wonderfully that at never never at any point was I just like, oh, this is stupid. Like, it's very much like, oh, this is silly but I love it. No, for sure. And I'm sure you guys have seen too people that are supposed to have gimmicks and they come out and then they just try to have like a crazy match. Yeah. And then you're like, why did you do that? You didn't do any of the things that you're supposed to do. Yeah. None of the character stuff. Yeah. And then they're like, well, I just want to prove that I can wrestle. It's like, you don't have to though. Yeah. You just have to be different than everybody else and like get your points across. Like that's it. Like you can do that and wrestle. Like you don't have to pick one or the other and you're out there doing like, lucha and fucking head drops and you're supposed to be like a, a nerd gimmick or something you know what i mean like mm-hmm. it makes no sense well I, I think you said it best you were doing an interview and you said you read a book by kiss yeah it was and, uh, nothing to lose yeah and, and the line was they wanted to be the rock band that they never got to see mm-hmm. and then you kind of applied that to what you, you wanted to be the wrestler that you wished you could have seen you know and that's 
for sure. That's great because we've seen everyone do a million Canadian destroyers and moon salts and shit like that. But like, you know, it's like in the Incredibles when everyone's special, no one's special. So exactly, yeah. I mean, I wish I was taller, but other than that, yeah, this is pretty <laughs> much and like you know, hundred pounds heavier would be cool. But that's pretty much the gimmick that I've always wanted to do since I was a kid. Well, like it speaks volumes too of like how good you've been at it. Like I mean, number one, like. Uh, working where we work it's just like it's always fun to see like on the giant conveyor belts that we have we'll give you the tour so you can see oh yeah please but it's just this like giant conveyor belt and every now and then like when when someone starts to catch fire it's like oh cool now there's a lot of like you know danhausen shirts a lot of effie shirts a lot of warhorse shirts Mm -hmm. and like there's people who work at the shop like first pro wrestling tees there's a lot of people who don't like like pro wrestling because again most people are like oh it's just it's all wrestling fans it's it's the mecca of wrestling it's like well no not, but not always the case it's like about a third of us and yeah, right. like the other two some thirds. people just want to go to work and go home guys yeah. exactly <laughs> you know but sometimes you'll be like man like who who are like this shirt who is this person because you know like the, all the designs are like really cool like what's their gimmick like what's their shtick and you kind of have to sit there and like oh here like check this out but like specifically like when you were uh like on AEW that happened from just people like on on the internet just mm-hmm. like organically organically saying like hey we want this and i know it's strange and foreign for some people to think like oh a wrestling company will listen to their audience mm-hmm. specifically online but like that that to me was like super cool because again it was like a thing where everyone like i was one of those people tweeting out like yeah like mm-hmm. get them you know ha- have them challenge for Cody's belt and then like you show up and like I thought it was awesome. Like I, I, I there's gonna be some detractors who were always just who yeah. were always gonna say shit, and that doesn't matter, you know, because it's like again, you could have gotten in there and put on a six star match, and they still would have been like, yeah, yeah, but. no, because they would have been like, who the hell is this? Mm-hmm. It's yeah. like how do you have a debut match on TV at all if that's the case? Mm-hmm. If like no matter what, the question is who the hell is this? Mm-hmm. Well, and I didn't want to go have like a crazy crazy match with code because like what what if i do fuck up and mm-hmm. like either fuck myself up fuck him up or just something looks dumb mm-hmm. you know what i mean i did i maybe i played it too safe or something i don't know like i i had a lot of ideas and he had ideas too and like we you know we melded together and i thought we had a great match but as uh as far as like what other people saw there was a lot of people that really liked it and there were some that didn't but not as many people said they didn't like it until um the match happened Wednesday. Thursday was fine. Friday, about mid-afternoon, whenever Cornette's podcast mm-hmm. came out. And I don't even have a problem with his podcast. Whatever. He can do whatever he wants. It's his fans that didn't have an opinion until he said his opinion. Mm-hmm. And then and then all of a sudden they had an issue with the match that I had. And they had been silent the entire time. And then, like, he didn't say anything that I didn't know that he was going to say. Right. I know I'm not that tall. I know people that aren't on fucking Twitter have no idea what the deal is. Why am I on TV? You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I know that. And like, he called me whorehouse in the, in the <laughs> thing. I've been called that before. Like, yeah. it's not even creative. The best, best thing I took away from that is he liked my elbow drop. But other than all that shit, um, it's just weird how like nobody was opinionated on it until he gave his opinion on it. And then everybody was opinionated. You know well, what I mean? And that's the, that's the thing about like people like Jim Cornette. Like there's times where I, I like what he says and I, I can dig his sensibilities, but like the way he argued what your match was, was kind of, it came from a disingenuous place. He's like, like if you described 
half the people he's managed that he holds in high regard. You could say, well, that guy wasn't a body guy. Uh, oh, what's this guy with a yellow mullet's coming out? And who who knows who this guy? And like, if you could take everything and just make it a generic description, and it sounds ridiculous oh, for on sure. its face. Yeah, for sure. Um, and and there's some old school fans that just don't get. I mean, in a way, you're you're trying to go back to the way it was, like yeah, what they yeah, liked. You think like, they would be the biggest fans? I like simpler matches. Yeah. I don't think we need a million transitions. I just want to beat some ass yeah mm-hmm. you know like one thing i learned i was trained by the hooligans and i was trained by a couple other people too but mainly uh, a lot of mentoring underneath the hooligans and they taught me a lesson they learned from like curtis hughes you know mr hughes with mm-hmm. glasses and shit said beating ass is always cool yeah and they're right <laughs> i've never had an issue <laughs> and it's kind of like uh like you mentioned, the, the Cornette fans, it wasn't until he said something that they were like, oh, now this is our opinion. Yeah. It's like, those those people are always going to be like that. It could have been 99% of like wrestling Twitter saying, this is awesome, and then one person would have had one negative thing to say. And there's people that just want to be negative. Yeah. And it's, it's you know, you, you can't control those people because that's just always how they're going to be. But, like... I'm totally fine with people having their opinions. Mm-hmm. I totally get why people wouldn't like the Warhorse gimmick. Right. It's as long as it's your own opinion and the people that were shitting on me that Friday, then it's like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. But uh, can I cuss on here? Yeah. It's like a, little, a goddamn sailor. It's a little yeah, late shit, now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shitty pooped it. Yeah. Uh, uh, but the people that shit on me Wednesday, the people that shit on me Thursday, I was fine with because mm-hmm. I respect their opinion because like... It was genuine. It was genuine. They really thought that on their own versus like the people that were shitting on me Friday. It's like, did you guys just wait for him to say it and then you rolled with it or did you have that opinion you just didn't want to say it until like he validated it? You right. know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I, like I said, I don't have any problems with Cornette. I have problems with people that waited for his opinion to give their opinion on my matches and... That's fine. Whatever. If that helped you shape your opinion, cool. It's just kind of shitty that like he is your measuring stick on everything, and right. you can't form your own opinion. Because like, I swear, I I don't want to talk about Cornette the entire time because <laughs> it's a weird, touchy subject. Yeah. Everything with him is so touchy. But like, fuck, I forgot where I was going. I was gonna make a joke, but oh, go ahead. <laughs> no, I, I, I should. Oh, that's not allowed. Shame yeah. on you. <laughs> You gotta go stand in the corner. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but with him, it's like, I don't know. I forgot my point. No, that's all right. I mean, it, it, it again, it's... He tends to slant negative, mm-hmm. and and that sells a lot, especially from someone, you know, from such a high status See, but, in wrestling. Like, but, even with that, though, like, I've never... I've never heard people congregate on like on on Twitter like man he said this really positive thing about someone. Yeah. You know so it's always well, like that's that's another thing too because he has said nice and positive things in the past but nobody clings to that. They right. want, they want the negative. The people that are listening to his Oh, I remember what I was going to say. The people that listen to his podcast want the negative and obviously like they enjoy whenever Cornette's mad. That's why they wanted him to watch AEW in the first place. Right. They knew he was going to get mad. Most like half the audience that listens to his podcast don't watch the show that he's reviewing. They just wait for his reviews and they're right. like, "Oh, yep, it was shit." You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like that's that completely cuts off people's opinions in the first place right there because they didn't even watch the shit. And I think like a lot of people, like a lot of people can be guilty of of things like that. Not even just with like wrestling. Like I know we had we had Brody King on uh, was like two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And he was like, oh, you guys should check out that Harley Quinn movie that came out. Mm-hmm. And 
like I'm gonna be completely completely honest. I had no intention of watching it. Where I was just like, I don't know. I'm like, it's just. I was like, I don't think I'm the target audience for that movie. Is it the Birds of Prey? Birds, Birds of Prey. Prey. Nix was just putting that over to me. Really? And yes. Forever. Like, yeah. since it came out, because his girlfriend is, she... She loves Harley she Quinn. Loves she loves Harley Quinn. <laughs> Funny enough, when when I she used to come to like my old job that she eventually worked at, but she was always just like, I knew her as the Harley Quinn girl, because she always just had like the hair and like... It's just funny now that like years later, Nick's dating like the Harley Quinn girl, but mm. he would always put over the movie like so much. And I was just like, I don't know. And then we were like talking with Brody. He's like, I really think you should watch it. Give it a chance. And I'm like, all right. And I watched it and I was like, oh, you know what? Like, I did enjoy that. It was very like Martin Scorsese of me to be like, I don't know. Nope. It's not cinema. I'm like, it's not cinema. Yeah. It's not. I don't want to watch it. And there's, right. and there's so much of that just in the world in general, you know, where you'll talk to someone and be like, oh, have you... You know, have you read this comic book? Have you heard this album? And they're just like, for sure. No, like I know I give like I give Nickelback a lot of shit, but there's like people who like hate Nickelback and have Dude, never like it is honestly so weird listened you to say them. That I fucking woke up and I had you remember the Spider-Man movie? Yeah, uh-huh. you remember hero? Like, yeah, Chad Kroger, whatever the fuck his name is, yeah. had that hero song that uh-huh. came out. It was stuck in my head all morning today. It is so weird. I don't I have no idea why. I think I like. Something was playing on TV, and I saw like an Ethan Page tweet, and he had his Spider Man get up mm-hmm. on, and a, like some Accepted. music note. It just made me think of that song, and I was like, "What? <laughs> thinking of this fucking song right well, now?" Well, like I know, like they're a band that get shit on a lot, and like, like I, I know that song, the one you mentioned, mm-hmm. and I, there's like one about like photographs. Yeah. Yes. So that's like all I know. So whenever people are just like piling on, I'm like, yeah, I don't know. I'm like, I, I like the two songs, but there's always just so much of that where. Uh, like especially with like meme culture the way it is where they're just like oh that's not good everyone's just like well that that really is like the flip side of social media like you got mm-hmm. a lot of positive yeah feedback and they're like yeah warhorse warhorse war and then then you got the dark side of the coin and they're like ah oh, fuck warhorse fuck and warhorse he's an yeah. ultimate warrior ripoff yeah jim cornette said he's said fuck him yeah <laughs> you know so real quick back to nickelback <laughs> <laughs> i have been fucked in the ear with so many nickelback songs i know far too many that like I hate to admit that that I know a lot of Nickelback songs because like from the time I was 15 to the time I was 18 I hung out in bars in mm-hmm. Southern mm-hmm. Illinois and that's all those fucking rednecks wanted to play was like Nickelback and Buck Cherry so like that <laughs> all that shit was the soundtrack of high school for me like unintentionally. See like I have that but with Three Six Mafia where like. <laughs> And, six mafia. and a lot, like a lot, listen, like I, I don't drink, I don't smoke, I don't do drugs, and that is almost every three six mafia song. It sure is. And the thing was, it was just like all like the music, the music, the television, all that stuff I was exposed to was whatever my cousins listened to. You know, like people mm-hmm. are always like, mm-hmm. oh, like Backstreet Boys and In Sync, which is your favorite, and I'm like. I was listening to The Offspring and System of a Down yeah. because that's what my cousins were listening to. Like right. They weren't listening to that, and it's not like a, oh, I'm too cool for the Backstreet Boys. Mm-hmm. Like, no, it's just like I was never exposed to that, so I just, you know, like that's not my thing. And again, with 3-6, they listened to a lot of 3-6 Mafia, so I just, I listened to so much of it right. to where now people, like, they'll bring it up, and I'm like, oh, that's actually from uh, When the Smoke Clears, which came out right, in 2000, right. number seven on the album. They're just like, what? I'm like, this is this is all, like, I listened to. And it, there's, like, a very weird, like, oh, and it didn't make you want to, like, smoke weed and do, dr-. I'm like, nope, I was 
10. Like, why, I, I would have, you know, I, I who just, do I even talk to to get that? Yeah. yeah, I'm like, I just thought it was cool that they were saying, who's like, gonna sell pot to a 10 year old? Yeah, I'm like, I Apparently thought it was a lot cool. of people. Yeah, there's probably a lot. Yeah, now there's a lot. <laughs> like, I thought it was just cool that they were saying swear words and like, yeah. my Mexican ass parents didn't know what was going on, you know? Like, I could listen to this and I'm just like, yeah. I, uh, I knew this girl in high school who would like write out like violent shit and like make it poems and stuff like it. And to make sure that people didn't give her shit about it, she would write three, six mafia at the top. And if anyone asked her, what is this? She'd be like, Oh, it's just song lyrics. And she never had anybody like, oh, why are you writing this? Cause she's just, it's a great way to work some shit out. You know? Yeah, dude. She just lied and said she was writing out song lyrics. Isn't it weird that we all know someone like really weird like that, like in high school? Like I, cause like I, I know this one kid who was like very like on the surface, just like normal, but you'd see the things he would post about and the things he would talk about. Like he was super into dead baby jokes, which was like as a freshman, it's like, haha, okay, yeah, like right. it's funny. But then we're like twenty two out of high school, and he's still like talking about the same things yeah and it's just like what like at what point do you kind of just like realize like all right like what was cool in high school like i don't know if that like mm. this woman still writing violent I, song lyrics i don't know what she's up to i think i saw her on facebook and then unfriended her <laughs> <laughs> but um no as far as like those types of kids uh, i definitely know what you're talking about because freshman year i would hear jokes like that and i'd be like oh that's kind of clever you mm-hmm. know but i'm not laughing because it's a dead baby joke yeah. i'm laughing because it's clever and the setup was good but then they just like you laugh at it once and they keep hitting you with like different jokes and you're like man this is kind of morbid yeah mm-hmm. like and you know i listen to the music i listen to which is also morbid but like i'm not you know thinking about it all the time or trying to use it to make people laugh and yeah shit. it's just like oh uh, what do you got going on at home buddy <laughs> yeah, like it's yeah. it's also like very weird, like specifically like with jokes and comedy like that. Like I've always talked about, um, which like even so we were on the Jericho cruise and they had uh, Fluffy on there. What's his name? Uh, oh, Gabriel, Gabriel Iglesias. Which, yeah. <laughs> funny, we we're so we we're on the beach because uh, the whole thing is like you get dropped off at the Bahamas and um, you just uh, like wander around whatever. Yeah, you, you go see beach. dolphins and shit. So at one point, like the lot of us, it's maybe <laughs> dolphins and shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> dolphins and shit. There was like twelve of us, so we all kind of just find like our little, our little place under the sun. And I'm like, I, I think I had just eaten or something, so I was like, I'll wait to get in the water a little bit. And me and Dave are just off to the side. Mm. And uh, I'm like, I'm gonna go get water or something. So I fuck off and I come back and I see him talking to some guy. And I'm like, oh, he made a friend. Uh, Dave, what was the conversation you had with this man? Well, the, well so like he leaves and like. Eight of the eight of the other guys are like in the water and like come out in the water and like listen I'm a fat guy I don't want to see another fat guy out there so like I'm very mindful of that so I'm like I'm cool I'll just chill I'm just sitting on this little beach lounger and this guy like peeks out from behind a tree and he's like staring at me and I'm I'm looking at him like what's your problem bro and like he comes up he goes hey uh, you on the how you liking the Jericho cruise I'm like I, I'm liking it very much and then I see Berto kind of like peeking and he's he's laughing and then he goes. uh are you Gabriel Iglesias? Oh my God. And I was like, what? He goes, yeah, are you? Ga-? I was like, no. And I thought he was just fucking with me. And he's like, are you sure? And he was looking at me like I was lying to him. And he goes, all right, well, 
enjoy the show. And then, just, <laughs> Jeez. And then he like snuck behind this tree like a ghoul. I was like, what the fuck? Oh, yeah, I was very fucked up. But like what, what I was trying to get, like Gabriel Iglesias <laughs> and like George Lopez are two people who like, I appreciate what they've done for like Latino comedy. comedy. Mm-hmm. But I know so many fucking kids. Like I'm Mexican. So so many other like Mexican kids that I grew up with that just like will nonstop like retell their jokes because they like they heard a joke the one time that they resonated with right. and that's just all they and I'm it's like that's oh. their go to man you remember when Carlos Mencia was popular mm-hmm. oh god yeah oh. and he was just beaner 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 constantly yeah yeah and then Joe Rogan ripped him apart <laughs> and that was great that's probably for the best yeah. yeah well like it didn't was didn't it turn out like he wasn't even Mexican he was like Honduran Ger- yeah he was like German and Honduran his real name's Ned yeah. what yeah Ned Holness yeah, is his real name and then he was stealing jokes from friends of Joe Rogan's. Yes, and then Joe Rogan went up, and then he had some of the comedians there, and, and like shoot his ass. Out he like confronted him live at like if you can you can go on YouTube and find the video. It's like at a comedy show, he just walks up on stage and confronts him. I know everybody has their opinions on Joe Rogan, but at least he like stands up for mm. himself and anything that he views as like right and wrong. He'll he's, stand up for it and he'll be outspoken about, it, and that's commendable. He's authentically Joe Rogan. Yeah, like, yeah, like. Because it, it happens a lot with, like, I'll talk. I'll be like, yeah, I heard this on Joe Rogan. Because there's some some episodes I'll listen to, and sometimes, like, I read the description. I'm like. That's not for me. I'm like, yeah, I'm like, I don't think I I don't think I want to listen to, like, this, like, clearly, like, very person who's very much, like, on the right. And it's probably going to say things that, like, oh will upset God. me. I'm like, so I'm like, I won't listen to this episode. I'll wait till, like, Snoop Dogg is on or right. something, I you had, know. Uh, I was in a car ride with. Kurt Stallion, mm-hmm. and he put he'll put on stuff as a joke, <laughs> but it'll be like an hour long thing. So it's just an hour long joke for him. Mm-hmm. And he put on a Joe Rogan talking to Alex Jones. Oh, and it was so fucking rough, but it was funny. And then there was one point where this MMA buddy of Joe Rogan's, who like you know he's a Eddie fighter. Bravo, yeah, yeah no, not movie. Eddie Bravo. No, I, I know Eddie Bravo, but it was a. Uh, uh, Wait, maybe it was Eddie Bravo. I don't fucking know. Maybe I don't know Eddie where, Bravo. Oh, where, when Alex Jones was like, I'll choke you. Yeah. Yeah, that was, that was Eddie you Bravo. You think you're tough, you're going to get it. <laughs> well, like, I, I remember listening to that one because, like, a buddy of mine has a podcast where, like, so him and his buddy just, like, basically review old, like, Alex Jones episodes. And I could only listen to it for so much because after a while I was just like, this isn't funny. Like, this is, like, sad. But I remember mm. I was like, oh, you know, he's on Joe Rogan. I'll give him a chance. And he just starts going insane. Like at one point, he's just like, "Yeah, he's like, you know the 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 half pig people." And Joe's like, "I don't know what you're talking." Oh about. yeah, he's, he's like, like, "Come like, on, the gay half pig people—they're turning everyone into yeah. gay half pig people." And he's just like, "All right." He's like, "They're eating babies right now. They're pituitary glands." Oh, and if yeah. you don't believe that, I'll choke you to death. Yeah. <laughs> and then he's like talking about that governor. He goes, "Oh, the mother takes the baby," and he's like doing like a shitty southern accent and yeah. stuff. It's. The, I think oh. my favorite part of that interview was Joe's like, all right, keep talking. He's like, I got to go to the bathroom. He's like, I'll go with you. Yeah, he's I like, got to piss. He's like, no, no, no. Oh, yeah, he brought it up like eight times. He's like, you can go and then I'll go. He's like, no, let's just go together. He's like, nah, like that's not how a podcast works. Like, you either got to go or, or I got to go. Um, but, yeah, you know, it's like it's kind of like with um, 
bringing it back to it's like there's a lot yeah, of yeah, times we get off track you know, which, is, which is totally fine <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's like we told you there's so many like, we rarely talk about wrestling <laughs> yeah which yeah. is i mean there's been a little bit more wrestling with this one yeah that's oh, how sorry. Just like, no. To cramp your no 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 <laughs> it's totally fine i mean for the most part we wind up like specifically during the summer when uh did you watch the watchman at all no i didn't on hbo yeah. i saw a clip of it that's all we talked about it was because my mom's weird friend was watching it and mm-hmm. anytime i've ever seen her watch anything it's always weird or some mm-hmm. like abstract bullshit and she was watching this and it was like a really weird scene and i'm like i'm not getting into this show if you like this <laughs> fucking show i'm not watching it well like we joked like during the summer like that's or last yeah like last summer that's basically what this was where it's like we were just start talking Watchmen and other things because I don't know, like it's fun. Like even with like where we we had like Brody on, we just like he's like, yeah, I like comic books. And then the next forty five minutes was just us talking comic books. Where yeah. I was like, oh man, I'm like, I'm glad that we mentioned up front he was a wrestler, like because you'd never know, you'd never figure. Well, it was out. same thing with uh, who was it with Blue Meanie? We talked to Blue Meanie about like George Carlin for like same thing, like forty five minutes. And at the end of it, I'm like, oh, it's it's probably very well that we were like ECW wrestler yeah. or Ethan page was power Rangers for like man 40 minutes. Mm-hmm. You know, if <laughs> we talked about Carlos Mencia and Nickelback, like what year is it? Yeah. <laughs> well, like it's always fun with like nostalgia, like nostalgia kind of bringing it back. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, if you look around here, all these toys, it's just like literally this office. It's literally just like the shit I liked as a kid. Are there pictures childhood. of this online? Because you need to show people um, how cool this fucking office. Is. Yeah, I've been meaning. I so th- what happened is like I'll I'll be like, all right, everything's done. And I'm like, oh wait, now I need to add one more thing. I'm gonna I'll post a picture of all this because that's. So if I could suggest anything, uh-huh. I think having progress pictures is more important because then you can look back like mm-hmm. in the future and be like, oh yeah, I remember whenever it was just this. Yeah, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. I definitely do have. So when we put up this massive TV, I do have a picture of just yeah. this empty room. Uh, because we drilled so many, trying to find the stud in that wall <laughs> yeah. was impossible. Whoever uh, should have used um, plastic anchors. You don't need studs if you have plastic anchors. We did put in plastic anchors at, yeah. at at first, and I was like, "All right, let's test to see how strong it is." And with one little like pull, this is a yeah. big TV though. Too. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. I do toggle bolts then. We, I used to do uh, glass cutting and install showers and stuff, and mm-hmm. that's what we would do to hang, like, 200-pound glass doors was just, like, plastic anchors. Dave over here used to do... Uh, I was a sign maker for, like, 18 years. Oh, yeah? So, yeah. Hell yeah. I, I love shit like that. <laughs> yeah, I worked at the movies. Yeah. So that's... Uh, Dude, I am very much a construction guy. Yeah. Like, I have gym equipment that's made of wood. Yeah, I, I oh, saw you post it. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. looked really My squat rack's made of wood. I have a, a weight stand made of wood. I have, like, farmer's carry handles. Um, I have my preacher curl benches made of wood. Like, I make majority of my own shit. I restore weight plates and stuff like that. Before fucking pandemic crashed the market, I was buying and selling weights on the side, too. And that was a nice little side hustle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But now that's screwed up. I don't I, know how it is here. But. I will say, on, like, Facebook Marketplace, everyone's, like, selling... Uh, like 35 pound dumbbells for like 150 each or yep. some shit. Well, that's yep. crazy. So at the beginning of the pandemic, we mentioned there's uh, our buddies downstairs, M3 Toys, who, you know, you hear the title M3 Toys, you're like, oh, it's just toys. Like, no, they fucking sell everything. Yeah. And like at the big, at the beginning of the pandemic, they, I don't know if it was foresight or what, but they had a ton of like 
equipment that like they bought from Target, like Walmart, that was just like on clearance. Mm. So they fucking cleaned up because, you know. Oh, they, I'm sure they, they made so much well, money. They already had this stuff. You know, it wasn't them like, oh shit, everyone's going to lockdown. Let's go get all. No, right. they just, they had all this stuff and it was like full, like, oh, here's a Bowflex machine that we bought for you know, 120 bucks that, I mean, you can like triple the fucking price on yeah. it. Yeah. I had, I bought one machine is like a, a bench thing that you can just load the weights on the sides and you can also like set it to different positions and stuff. It was that and 400 pounds of weights for a hundred bucks that I bought earlier this year. Mm-hmm. I sold all the weights for like 400 bucks and I sold all the weights so goddamn fast because it was right at the beginning of the pandemic. But I got the machine for free. So I kept that fucking thing. But it was very noticeable the difference between like mm-hmm. selling shit before the pandemic and then like at the start of the pandemic, then it was like 18 messages in one night. And I was like, holy shit. Yeah. Well, they're all inside like dying to do something. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. I remember even with, like I got lucky in the sense that like I explained to you, I'm like, oh, my uh, at home gym is the Freelance Wrestling Academy. So I was able to like, all right, because I, I bought I was able to find like a pair of eight pound dumbbells. That was right. like the only thing Target had. And I was like, all right, this, I got a jump rope. I got the ring. I'm like, I you should got be boxing fu- workouts. Yeah. I'm that's like, it. I'm good. And that's what I did. You know, I mean, this, I clearly stopped <laughs> as this belly shows, but like at the beginning, that's what it was because nothing was available. Like I would literally go around different targets and Walmarts and just nothing. Mm. Like, nothing no, was available it, it left. It was bad. It's still, like, now all you can find is, like, yoga mats, but at least there's that. Mm-hmm, but I yeah. guess those are, like, cheap and easy to produce. See, it's fun. You mentioned, like, liking to, like, build shit. I feel now that I'm, like, I'm getting older, that's a thing. Because, like, my dad never built shit. Um, my uncle kind of did. Like, mm-hmm. that was kind of more so his thing. But, like, my dad never did any of that. And now it's, like, something where I'm, like, oh, if it's simple as, like, oh, I'll buy these bookshelves and put them yeah. together you know it's yeah. just, well that always makes you feel good when you build it and you do it right and like and then i'm sure thing. Put, putting these shelves together once you got your shit on there you're like yeah which is what it was like i i started with with that one and then i was like oh you know what i'm like that looks good then i bought the rest of them but then after a while because it's so repetitive you're just like mm-hmm. all right a goes on the a side and the b side and just kind of putting it all together but it is like very rewarding when i'm like all right finally put it up and then everything right. like looks how you want it to I've, i should post a picture because everyone's it's, probably just like what does it's like a weird serot or what is it not serotonin drip but like whatever the the feel good shit is uh, dopamine like, dopamine yeah dopamine, you get yeah. a lot of dopamine out of like just organizing shit so there's this youtube channel that i really like mm-hmm. i don't even know what country these guys are in but it's called Rom GD, R O M G D. And it's this guy who builds all his own weight equipment. But he has a welder, and like that is it, and a giant empty concrete room. And he like builds all this stuff. But it's like not in the Philippines. I think it's like a mainland Asia thing. But he builds all his own stuff, like squat racks and fucking curl benches. And he'll like. It's impressive how much shit he'll have, like, a nail for a pin or, like, he'll have, like, some sort of, like, food wrapper thing from a potato sack and just cover and, like, then buy nice vinyl and cover his seats and stuff. There's this one video where he's just, like, welding something in flip-flops and there's a fucking chicken running around right behind him (laughs) and he's just, like, welding shit together and it's just so impressive and I swear someday when I'm making, like, 
a ton of wrestling money. I'm going to buy this dude a gym just because he's been working his ass off. He probably has no idea who the fuck I am. <laughs> I'm going to be like, hey, here's a gym, buddy. Well, like, I like watching like renovation videos. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, it's, I love it. Right. Yeah. Like, so yeah, for a while, uh, like my uncle, he was like helping with like renovate. So I would always see like you mentioned progress photos, just seeing like those progress photos like on his Facebook where I'm just like, man, they made that shithole kitchen look super nice oh, like for sure like, even like the childhood home that i grew up in um like my aunt and uncle they they own the house and maybe like five years ago they completely redid everything and it was a, it was a decent place like when we lived there but they just redid everything i remember going over there and i'm just like walking around like what it like mm-hmm. the skeleton is very much still there but just everything just i'm like what like this this was the like shitty bathroom that we had and it's like all marble just super nice and it, it it's very weird like seeing seeing that but well, i there's something cool about going into someone's house and like oh yeah we rebuilt this this uh back addition wasn't here uh there was like dry rot in the floor so we pulled that out and we extended the house 10 feet this way it's like holy shit how do you do that stuff well like even mm. it'll happen and like we'll show you and give you the tour over here but i remember when we first moved into the the first pro wrestling tea like one hour tea building and it's like so much of it has changed now to where like i remember like again the first week of us moving in there and it's just like man all this empty space like we're we have way too much space like like Mm -hmm. what idiot now we don't have enough yeah now we don't have enough because now we're like on like our third warehouse well it's because you got a ring and taking (laughs) up this one i just uh pitched to nicks because he was kind of telling me about um how you guys were possibly wanting to do shows in here and stuff. And I was suggesting, since you're going to have all these guys here, why not do like some sort of, I know High Spots does like their meet and greet thingy. Mm-hmm. So why not do something like that? Since you have all these guys here, they can actually like show their own merch over at the store. There's so- something along. Yeah. I feel like something's there. We're all here and the store's right there and we can go from here over to there and like do something. Well, that's you know why what I mean? the good thing, like even with the stores, like when we started having like autograph signings Mm -hmm. where it was literally just like we have the space here like yeah just yeah come here and like do it here Mm -hmm. because well because like some of the signings we've had people for like blocks and Mm -hmm. then like neighbors were like oh you got all these people on our in front of our store and it's like this would yeah this would be a perfect place for meet and greet sell lemonade to them while they're standing there (laughs) fred was doing that he was selling yeah there there is this one guy who He's like our handyman. He's like our handyman, kind of works here, kind of doesn't. He, But yeah, that's what he did. He just went and bought a bunch of water bottles and just started selling them. So he's the smartest one yeah. of them all. <laughs> he'll yeah, but he'll I think, outlive all of us, too. Yeah. <laughs> he's pretty old, but he, he's pretty spry. Um, so just kind of like as we wind down here, because we've been kind of going on for a while. Oh, a, lot of Nick, a lot of Nickelback talk. Yeah. Uh, Look at this pod. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's like two questions that we tend to ask every guest that we don't have again like we i mean you see there's no like written out questions or ma- a material that we have it's it's always just more fun for us to just converse shit. yeah mm-hmm. shoot the shit uh there's two questions that we do always ask everyone uh number one is do you remember your first piece of wrestling merchandise be it someone gifted you you know an action figure a t-shirt or you know you yes. beg mom and dad it was um i got a two-pack of Kevin Nash and the Giant uh, WCW figures. I got a Nitro ring and I got a Lex Luger figure. And my grandpa Woody bought them for me. And as we got in the truck, my grandpa Woody 
I love him, but he is a fucking dickhead. <laughs> and like he used to say mean shit to me all the time and call me fat, all sort all sorts of stuff that you just don't say to kids, much less your grandkids. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyways, he bought me this stuff and I was like, Man, Grandpa Woody's awesome. Well, we get in the truck and I'm like, Oh, it's a shame they didn't have it, but I wish I'd have got a macho man too. And he just goes, Oh well. <laughs> that was it. That was his response. <laughs> so he didn't give a fuck about wrestling. Yeah. It was crazy. It's, like, it's always weird. Like I have like, like Whoa. these actually these like wrestling figures that I have up here. These are ones except for like the Finn Balor that like my uncle because I didn't get into wrestling until later in life. I was like twelve, right. and it turned out he was just, like a closeted wrestling fan forever mm-hmm. and just like never talked about it. And then as soon as he found out, like these are the ones that I kept in packages and didn't just like open up. But just like every, and I think that's where I get it because, like, with my nephews, every time I see him, I show up with something, you know? Right. Like, my nephew's nine, so every week he's into something different, you know? I'm like, does he still love, like, Star Wars? And they're like, nope, it's dinosaurs this week. And I'm like, all right, well, let me go fucking buy him a T Rex or something. Right. But, like, my uncle would just show up with all these, like, wrestling toys and. It would be like, oh yeah, do you know they make like this special edition Rey Mysterio with like this outfit? And I'm mm. like, no, dude, I'm 12. Like, I don't know anything. And he'd be like, well, here, I got it for you. And I'm like, fuck yeah, how convenient. Yeah, yeah like it it's was funny you ask. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, again, like being that age, like I mean, the internet was around and stuff, but I don't like. I remember constantly seeing uh, like on like the wrestling dirt sheets, it would be like smackdown spoilers because they they would tape it beforehand right and smackdown was the only thing i'd watch because we didn't have cable mm-hmm. and i was like oh i don't want i was like i don't want to i don't want to look at spoilers it's fine i'm like i'll just wait and in hindsight there were so many friday nights or thursday nights that i could have saved myself because literally like all all our friends would gather and i'm like sorry guys uh kurt angle's wrestling eddie guerrero in a steel cage tonight yeah he might win the belt so i'm like i i can't leave and like in hindsight, I could have just looked at like what was gonna happen and been like, "Oh, okay, I could probably go to the park with the rest Dude, of my buddies." There were like, I know that time period that you're talking about. Like that was towards the tail end of when it was still watchable, mm-hmm. and then like, oh six, oh seven, oh eight, it was just like unfucking bearable because it was just Undertaker tag matches or some yeah. shit. Mm-hmm. And ugh, that was when you look up the spoilers, and I was the same way. I was too dumb to look them up, so like. Like I said, we'd be shooting pool in the bar, and I'd have them turn on uh, like SmackDown on the big TV, and everybody'd start bitching, and then they would be like, "This sucks," and I'd be like, "No, something good will happen," and I was always wrong. <laughs> well, the worst was like I would have a girl over and be like, "Oh yeah, let's watch like you want to watch this wrestling with me, sure." And then you sit there, and it's just like really, it's either something really cringe, and or they're like, just, "Why do you watch this?" Yeah, they're like, "Why yeah. do you watch this?" Like, yeah, and you you just have to you have to sit there and defend yourself. Or Dude, you're like, we had to <laughs> like wrestling when the fucking Spirit Squad was on yeah. TV. Like, you know how hard that is. Mm-hmm. Like, we we wanted to like that shit. Well, and that's the thing. Like, everyone talks about like the WWE or the WWF formula. And then during that, they found a formula how to make like really bad, stupid TV, and it's just like. Oh. But they also had a ton of like top tier guys mm-hmm. during that time too, so it's just like a weird mix. Yeah. Also, me being a gimmick guy, you think I'd like the fucking Spirit Squad, but no, not at all. Like, mm-hmm. just because it's a gimmick doesn't mean it's gonna work. Right. Like, that's awful. It's got to be a good gimmick. Yeah. Yeah, it's very like I have this, especially with like WD because again that that was like the era that I grew up in like mm-hmm. I, and it happens all the time with Nick Nick will be like oh you should watch this really cool WCW pay-per-view from this time I'm like dude I'm like I have it ingrained like WWE marketing worked in my head like WCW like 
was like lame and yeah. they well, lost we, the we have war. Heat now. Yeah. But, yeah, we have heat. But then like I'll go and like watch stuff and I'm like, oh fuck, like no, WCW was awesome. You know, yeah. like I remember the first time I watched Eddie versus Ray Halloween Havoc. Dude. And I was just like, oh fuck. I was like, they like Vince McMahon whoever he hired to like market this like no nah, this is lame you don't want to watch it like it worked because i i didn't watch until i like went upon and like actually saw it myself and like don't get me wrong for for all the eddie versus rays you have like you know some kevin nash match where you're just like where he's like destroying fucking the cruiserweights or whatever him but, versus ray was always good though yeah. i was just mm-hmm. talking about the the other day like him versus ray Mysterio, he was putting fucking work yeah nash was awesome he he didn't he knew he didn't have to be on all the time, but when he was on, that motherfucker was on. You don't tear quads just standing there. Well, I feel like I feel Na- going. I feel Nash is someone who now like as we're getting old, like he's always just like saying real cool shit on Twitter. Yeah, he is. Like he's super just like He's always cool though. Mm-hmm. He's been cool for fucking ever. Yeah. <laughs> and like it's weird because daddy cool. Yeah, because you hear about like a lot of those click members where you're just like where they're like, Oh, they're all like real like douches. Yeah, like clicky and backstabby, <laughs> mm-hmm. but I'm like I don't know, man. I'm like, Sean Waltman does some pretty cool shit. And Dude, you want to know how cool Kevin Nash is? Well, my parents got separated. I told my mom, you should just start dating Kevin Nash, mom, because that's how it worked <laughs> in my fucking head. I was God, I was like, hoping Kevin you Kevin Nash, dude. His I, name's Big Sexy. It yeah. just works. I was hoping you would lead to like, Kevin Nash is your stepdad. Oh, dude. If I <laughs> like, if this, if this was where we broke, you're like, listen, don't tell anybody. But Kevin Nash is my stepdad. Oh my god, that would be so cool. No, my stepdad's really cool though. Yeah, there is there is something about like I was a big WCW fan like during the Monday Night uh, Wars, but uh, I always noticed something. I don't know if you noticed, but like anytime a WWF wrestler went to WCW, they always started wearing a lot of denim. It was always like denim jeans, denim vests. I think that was just the thing. I mean, I wear a lot of denim. Yeah, maybe, but they they didn't wear it in WWF. It was Maybe very... they weren't allowed. I mean, whenever the the radicals showed up, they had like gaudy gold shit. That's true. And also, the <laughs> yeah. Rock was wearing gold. Yeah. Maybe that was the Those thing. Those silk Versace shirts. WCW was denim, and They're WWF like, chill, bro. was like fucking ridiculous tablecloth material. Yeah. See, I want to see them bring back those mullets that all those wrestlers had. Like, mm. I like for a while I tried to grow my hair out like Nakamura's, mm. which like kind of worked, but not really for the most part. Like it's just, my hair just doesn't grow that way. Like you right. guys both have nice long hair and mine just doesn't grow that way. But I remember for a while I contemplated growing the Eddie mullet and like, yeah. I was like, I'm even put fucking highlights in it just the way he had it. There's something cool about mullets though. But the thing, when it's good, it's good. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I feel like because I'm like, I'm Mexican, I might be able to pull it off, but it's just, it took, it took like a year and a half for me to grow like the Nakamura one, and I'm like, I'm you're so more of like a red tail guy, dude. There's a red tail. Oh, that oh. looks so sweet. Dude. Oh, I, I my trainers tried to convince me forever to get a fucking rat tail. <laughs> when I had short hair, I used to have real short hair because I was like more worried about keeping a steady job instead of like fully committing to this. Mm-hmm. But now I think I made the right choice. When yeah. I was in eighth grade, a, a lot of like a lot of the guys on the soccer team, I don't know why. I don't know if it's like a soccer thing, but they all had like the little Jedi. If you know what I'm talking about, like how the Jedi's all had like the one, oh, the one yeah, braid. Yeah, yeah. yeah, like a lot of them. I had, had that when I was real young. Yeah, yeah. like what? I mean, is, when you're a Padawan. Yeah, I don't know if there was any sort of correlation with like I don't know. Maybe all these kids were just really big into Star Wars, or it's like some it's sort of a good it look. Could have been. It was like a weird trend yeah. when we were that age. But uh, mullets and rat tails are like zubas. 
There's no ugly Zubas, just ugly yeah. people. Yeah. I. Yeah. <laughs> so I remember Zubas sent uh, Ryan like a bunch of stuff, and it didn't fit him. So. Of course, I was like, well, I guess me and Nick will take all of them. Damn the bad luck. I was, yeah. I was like, ah, oh. I was like, guess I have to take these now. So, like, purposely, whenever we, like, whenever we travel for, like, work or anything, mm. I will obnoxiously, first off, like, when we travel, I'm a walking billboard yeah, with head-to-toe pro wrestling tees, head, head pro wrestling tees it's everything. It's on your shorts right now, yeah. Yep. Yeah, you see, I'm, I'm just, I'm always wearing them, but I'll, I'll have, like, my Zubas, mm. uh, just, you know, pick, pick whatever, like, outlandish color that i want I, like i'll have my zubas with like my pro wrestling tees like custom fanny pack that i Hell made yeah. and just like everything and i remember there was it was me nick and i think craig mitchell we were going somewhere and uh like the lady stops at the gate and she just goes y'all wrestlers right and i'm like yeah how do you know and she's like I can tell the Zubas in the fanny pack because all there's you know, what gave it away. Yeah, I'm like, what gave it away? Mind you, I'm just like, nope. I was like, I'm just uh, got a Ribera jacket on. I, yeah, <laughs> might as well just say, yeah, I had the Ribera jacket on. I had a pretty good fit for the Fourth of July this year. I had red and white Zubas, a bullet belt, <laughs> a fucking Kiss t-shirt or Kiss sleeveless shirt that was fucking American flag letters and a headband. Super. And I was so proud of myself for this fit. <laughs> See, I used to do that like. I would so I, I used to work at Coles and mm. they were very strict with like the uniform policy and my goal was always to get sent home. <laughs> so like me and my buddy, our, our coworker that works with us, for like WrestleMania, we would dress up like as like I would dress up as like Bray Wyatt when he had like the the fucking the hat and oh, yeah, which yeah, is yeah. like okay whatever. Paul, he he went full as like Seth Rollins shield gear. So this man is wearing like a tactical vest and all this stuff. And mind you, we're the people working up at customer service. So it's like these like older women come in to return sweaters and they're just like uh, the weirdo in the fedora or the man in like the the black guy the in the guy blonde who wig. Might mace me. Yeah. yeah and, and like I remember, again, it was just always our trick to try and get like sent home. And like the guy who was in charge, he was like, I don't give a fuck. So, like, we would really test them, like, on 4th of July's. I would just go pull, like, the most extravagant, like, really tacky, like, like American Eagle. It was, like, a shirt with, like, an American Eagle, like, I don't know, a motorcycle. Like, just really outlandish things that I could find at, like, a Walmart or something. And I would just mm. come in head-to-toe, dress like a goddamn American flag. And be like, <laughs> what's up? And, like, hoping they'd be like, you gotta fucking go home. And they'd be like... You get your Rex Quando pants on. That's what I look like. (laughs) You wanna get roundhouse in the face with these bad boys? Yeah, I would literally look like that, just hoping, like, oh, come on, send me home, send me home. Buddy or sensei. Buddy or sensei. Yeah, and they'd be like, no, no, you're fine. They'd be like, that's okay to wear. You think I'm less of a man because I go home to Starland? Forget about it. (laughs) God damn it, that was so good. Uh, second question. <laughs> Sweep the leg. Buddy, your sensei is the best. <laughs> Dude, I that that movie was like really fucking good. Grab my hand. No, the other hand. <laughs> it, it was one of those things that like I had to watch it like five times, and each time I watched it, it got better. She's like the quesadillas. I want. I made my daughter watch Napoleon, and like the first time, she's like, "This is the dumbest thing I've ever seen." And then, like a couple years later, she watched it and she's like, "This is the greatest thing I've ever." Seen. Well, there's like a lot of movies like there's that. a sweet spot you got to hit. I mean, there's a lot of movies like that. Like I remember being a kid and watching Wet Hot American Summer for the first time, and I was just like, "What the fuck is this?" But then, like, I watch it again and I'm like, "Oh, I'm like, this is amazing." Like, first off, Paul Rudd never ages. Yeah, like no. that man looks. What a the, jerk! Yeah, like he 
they always talk about like oh these celebrities and these weird satanic rituals i'm like I, i'm like he's I, eating babies for sure yeah, <laughs> alex jones it. was right yeah yeah he's one of them at least <laughs> he's eating babies yeah. if mel gibson would have pointed him out i'd have believed it <laughs> well there was always like at the start of like the the coronavirus all this stuff and there was like oh these celebrities are all like weirdos and pedophiles and they started saying like tom hanks Mm-hmm. Where they're like Tom Hanks is like uh, secretly running like a sex trade, and I'm like, there's like, I hope that's not true. Again, like a lot of these things are are just like outlandish things people say to try to get attention. Yeah, but like you always gotta wonder. I'm like, there has to be some like weird well, shit. Some some yeah, there's definitely weird shit mm-hmm. going on because that's just anything. Yeah, like we just had the speaking out movement of all that weird shit going on that a lot of us didn't fucking know about. Mm-hmm. I didn't know about any and of it. And it's stuff for decades that people yeah. just kept quiet about. they just about. swept it under the rug. Like, I just got popular and just got on a first name basis with a lot of those people, so I didn't know any of them that well, so all that shit, it was like, what? Yeah. So well, there's definitely a chance that something's going on. I don't know if they're fucking eating babies, but... <laughs> there's probably people eating babies, though. Uh... Question two. <laughs> Question two. Question <laughs> two. Uh, is what is your uh, your most prized possession as far as like wrestling goes? Like, is there a specific Ooh, like? I have two things. Oh hell yeah! I have, I have two. It. I have this old wrestling flyer from a weird show in um, shit. I want to say it's like Hannibal, Missouri, or something, but it's from the '60s, and it's autographed by uh, Lord Alfred Hayes and um, fucking. Former NWA World's Champion. I can't think. It's not Luthez. It's someone before Luthez. Like, this is a uh, old fucking flyer. It's a gotch? No, 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 no. That's too far. Uh, it wasn't like Orville Brown, I don't think. And it wasn't Gorgeous George. I don't know. I'd have to look it up. But anyways, it's autographed by those two. And it's autographed by, like a bunch of old school wrestlers like this flyers fucking crazy and then i also have and everybody bitches about wrestlers having merchandise right now especially gimmick wrestlers because they think like you shouldn't put your face on a ton of stuff you know like some people think that merch tables look closer to flea markets well Guess what, motherfucker? Luthez had Pilsner glasses back in the day, and I have a fucking <laughs> Luthez Pilsner glass, and he was the world's champion. And you're telling me that like it's wrong for me to have my face on a fucking anything? Fuck you. I got a Luthez Pilsner glass. He thinks it's all right. And that goes in a set because apparently there were Luthez lighters back in the day. Oh, shit. And I'm still looking for them. But there's Luthez had T-shirts. Pilsner glasses and lighters. So you can't fucking bitch about us having stickers, buttons, or whatever the fuck we want. It's history. It's prestigious history. Yeah. We're supposed to be marketable. That's the point. Like, people won't get invested in you if there's no personality and you don't fucking look cool. Luthez looks awesome. Well, I gotta say, like, (laughs) before we wrap up, like, for a while I was doing a lot of the shirt uploads. And I kept seeing your stuff getting uploaded. I was like, who the fuck is Warhorse? Like, all of a sudden I just started seeing a lot of Warhorse merchandise and... I gotta say, like, once I saw you wrestle, I was like, I get it. And I think that's a testament to all the hard work you've been putting in. Well, thank you. Um, And the power of merchandise, too. I mean, you gotta get the name out there, right? So, my thing is, I don't want my merch to look necessarily like wrestling merch. Mm -hmm. I want it to look like something you can wear whenever. And that's something that both me, Dan has, and Effie, and, like, we all feel it's important to have merchandise you can wear whenever. Like, most people think my shit's just a band shirt. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. And like I have a couple band shirt ripoffs and like that's 
sometimes people send me designs and I'm like, yeah, I'll use that. That's fucking great. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, for the most part, I try to have original artwork and original designs that looks like it could be a band shirt. And usually people wear it to like concerts and things like that. And I'll get like tweet. Well, not recently. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I used to get a bunch of tweets. They'd be like, Oh, I just saw a Warhorse shirt at a concert. That was awesome. Blah, blah, blah. Or like wearing my shit to this concert. So that's cool that you can like, have good merchandise that sells, looks good, and it can like breach into other media. And you can be proud of it. Yeah. I mean, there's a reason why you go into Walmart and you see like a a WWE shirt with John Cena and like Randy Orton and The Undertaker and it's just pictures of them and you're like, that looks so corny. Why would I ever wear Which, that? Those have always just been the weirdest. Yeah. It's just like... I mean, they sell. Yeah. They sell, but it's not like... Nobody's super proud but, of that. Yeah, but would anyone cool wear it? Yeah. Right. No, nobody's wearing that to like... Nobody's happy to wear that to school. Right. That's the, like whenever I wore shirts like that to school, it was like, uh oh, yeah, mom I, didn't do laundry. <laughs> I remember I had a, there was like the Shawn Michaels uh, Triple H iteration of DX when mm. they were uh, feuding with uh, the Spirit Squad. Oh, yeah. There was a shirt where they were both like crotch chopping on the front, and then it had like their they were drawn as like cartoons, and then on the back it was like their asses, their butts were hanging out. And like I remember wearing that to school once, being like, oh fuck, everyone's gonna be like, this is so cool. Was not the reception well, that got I got. Dude, butts on your shirt. That's <laughs> exactly. not allowed. But like seventh grade me is like, oh man, it's, it's gonna be the funniest thing. But they're telling them to suck their penises. Yeah, I don't get it. Don't... <laughs> they're telling me to suck it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's the, that's the, are you guys ready to suck it? Everyone's like, yeah, let's suck it. <laughs> What's the same with like uh, I've mentioned to you in sixth grade? I, I I thought I was cool as fuck in my John Cena chain gang soldier shirt. Mm. Except on the back it said, "If you want some, come get some." <laughs> And all these sixth graders are like, <laughs> and I'm like, like I don't like the tone of this I was, shirt. I was like, oh no, we're in sixth grade. All like the upperclassmen are like, uh, and I'm like, what's, uh, what's, I don't get it. What are they? Oh, what, great. It's like, yeah. what are they laughing Ugh. at? And then it had to be explained to me, and I'm like, oh, double meaning. Weird, weird thing. One of the only times I was ever cool in high school. I mean, like, I was friends with lots of people, but like, cool as a freshman, I guess. Was when your mom married Kevin Nash? No, yeah. I wish. It'd be fucking awesome. And then he no. rode up in the monster truck. I went, I went to school for Halloween. I dressed as Sting, mm-hmm. like Crow Sting. Mm-hmm. All the fucking seniors knew exactly who I was and were fucking screaming and losing their shit. And it was awesome. But the juniors, the sophomores, and other freshmen, they're like, what are you doing? Like, what? who is this? But then they'd be like, I'd see some seniors going, it's fucking stay <laughs> and throwing up fucking wolf pack signs and uh-huh. shit. I was like, this is the best day ever. Yeah. See, funny, you, you talk about staying, like I mentioned growing up, I, I didn't know any wrestling. Like, there were some names you knew who they were, but again, mm-hmm. I just, like, I knew who was Stone Cold or The Rock, you know, who they were. And so I remember being at my cousin's house and they had like a, it wasn't even like a wrestling ring. It was just like a fenced in area in the backyard that we're like, that's a wrestling ring. Right. So uh, they'd be like, come on, we're all going to go play wrestling. And they'd be like, I'm the big show. I'm, you know, Kurt Angle. I'm Kane. And the only person I knew because I got like their sticker from one of those gumball machines was Sting. Mm-hmm. And so they're all like, yeah, these WWF guys. And I'm like, I'm Sting. And they're like, they looked at me as if I was like, like I'm, I'm Dr. Bruce Banner or I'm Snoopy because they were just right. like, what the I'm fuck? Harry Potter. Yeah. I, I might, yeah, at that point, I might as well have been like, yeah. I'm a wizard. I'm Jerry Seinfeld. Because it, it, to them, it was all the same fucking thing. They were just like, what? Uh, but Warhorse, we won't keep you for uh, much longer. Uh, where can people find you online? 
on Twitter and Instagram at JP Warhorse. I also have a Facebook like page that won't let me change the fucking name for whatever reason, but it just says the Warhorse Jake Parnell. Ignore that last part. Uh, <laughs> just pay more attention to the Warhorse part. It's not even in all caps. It's terrible. But uh, then there's I just got on Cameo, and you can request videos from me. Uh, I charge twenty dollars a video, but fifteen of it goes to me. Four of it goes to Cameo, and one dollar of it actually goes to Danhausen because I used his code when I signed up. So if you want to support Danhausen just a smidge, <laughs> you can go to Warhorse Cameo. And then uh, I'm also on Patreon. I do all sorts of uh, DIY videos, workout videos, um, Q and A's, uh, watch along videos with like matches that I've had in the past. Also, I I try to spice that thing up and do all sorts of cool shit it's patreon.com slash warhorse rules ass awesome i mean we're very happy to have you on like you know what you mentioned before before we started recording like you like doing these in person that's another that's yeah. a thing that dave and i miss, love it. miss the most is doing these in person because it is it, it's fine doing it through the phone but yeah. like i yeah. think just being in the room with someone it's yeah i don't i don't like talking on the phone in general mm-hmm. and when i talk on the phone i tend to walk Mm-hmm. And if we're doing like a, a sit down, like face to face interview thing on the phone, it's like, this doesn't work. I yeah. can't just sit and like expect not to do it. And then like, I have certain spots in my house where like I'll lose signal. Mm-hmm. So then it just, you know, I might drop the call at any second, but no, I like face to face much better. Yeah. Awesome. Well, the next time you're in town, we, we definitely got to bring you back on. Talk some more Nickelback and Carlos Mencia. No, we got to talk. We got to talk like cool bands like fucking Slayer and Black Sabbath. Yeah. See, I feel bad. Like we didn't even get. It, we, we didn't, didn't talk get, thrash metal. Didn't talk nothing, man. That's for part two. Well, there you yeah, guys go. Part for, two. Part two will be all uh, all music. I will talk some Three Six Mafia. Every, everyone, go listen to Metal Church. Go listen to their first album. It fucking kicks ass. I listened to it on the way up here. There. There's my. There my metal quota for the day. You put a stamp on it. Yeah, I gotta get, get something in there. I don't need them saying, "Oh, all they did was talk Nickelback." <laughs> Nickelback <great>. and woodworking. <laughs> yeah, he whittled a gym out of fucking <laughs> toothpicks. Uh, all right, guys, go listen to Mega Church and Nickelback. Metal Church. Metal Church. <laughs>we're definitely bringing him back on for part two. Yeah, for like sure. we, we say that so much and everyone's probably like, you say that for everybody. Well, Hey, we like everyone that we interview and we definitely want to bring them back on. Um, like, especially that, like I, it wasn't until like the, the very tail end that I was like, Oh shit. Yeah. I'm like, we didn't address <laughs> like his love of music and how much, uh, you know, he, he loves, uh, like in, has incorporated so much of that into his character. It's so much of like a heavy metal influence, but don't worry guys. Like we're, we're definitely going to bring them back. Uh, it was like it, one of those things, like when you mentioned Carlos Mencia, where I was like, Oh shit, I completely forgot. Like he existed. Cause even earlier in the week, Mark mentioned, and I don't know if you ever watched it. It was like, it was called a uh, happy tree friends. Uh, I've heard of it, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was just like a, like little animated shorts of these like cute little animals just killing each other, which sounds it sounds more morbid than than what I mean it to be. But like, I just I remember it just being a thing when I was a kid, like my older cousins watching it, and yeah, I don't know, man. A lot of like early two thousands nostalgia is like starting to. It's, I feel like it's gonna be it's like the next wave of like what's gonna be in vogue. It was, it was- 
eighties, nineties, two thousands is coming back. Yeah, which is crazy. Like all to be all that stuff just happened, but um, yeah. Hey, man, you know it, it is what it is. Just don't don't bring back Carlos Mencia because uh, wasn't that yeah. funny of a guy and. No one needs that. No, nobody needs that. Uh, what I do need though is uh, a tattoo pretty soon. I, I, Dave, you were showing me the artwork of a friend of yours, Butcher Billy. I believe you said his name was. Yeah. I'm not mm-hmm. gonna. I'm not gonna say which piece because if I'm, I've literally just been considering getting this like as a legit tattoo, so I don't want to spoil it. Uh, but I think I found my next tattoo. Like how offended my Mexican mother will be is one thing, but. <laughs> This piece is just—it's amazing. Like, and I haven't gotten any tattoos in a while. Um, I've—I, you know, I kept saying like, "Oh, once everything's open back up," and I keep telling my uncle that I want to get matching tattoos with him because I, for a while, wanted to get the uh, Eddie Guerrero boots that he always wore. I just haven't, but um, yeah. definitely need some new ink. It's best—it's best to get it during the like the colder months like this, where there's not that much sun out. Cause it's the worst yeah. and it gets all fucking itchy and you're just like, Oh, but, um, yeah. I mean, this is, it's been quite a hectic week. Like I, Disney still has like an investor's call, I believe in like another week or two. So we'll probably hear a lot of new, more new, uh, Marvel news. Then like they've been pushing black, pushing back black widow. And yeah, I, and they're probably going to wind up pushing, uh, Falcon and winter soldier as well. Uh, which again leads me to believe that those two are a lot more connected than we thought. Um, yeah, you know, yeah, I I gotta believe that myself too. Yeah, the the theory going around is uh, they're introducing the Thunderbolts, which for those of you guys unaware, Thunderbolts is a uh, General Ross puts together a team of uh, villains who are reformed. Like Suicide Squad. Yeah, yeah, very much in the same vein of Suicide Squad, and it looks like that's where they're going. I'm just I'm waiting for them to announce Namor. You know, like Namor, the the first mutant is someone who I've yeah. I've always like been a fan of, so I'm I'm excited for them to, to incorporate him yeah. into it. But it's it's I've been podcasting all day. My my voice is getting a little hoarse, and uh, I believe it's that time of the week where I run out of things to say. Would you say your voice is a little warhorse? <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I set that up. That. I inadvertently set that up for you, but you knocked it out of the park. Uh, for and the with Peter- that, I've, I've run out of things to say too. So, <laughs> all right, you guys, uh, make sure if you already aren't, follow us over on uh, Twitter and Instagram. We're at PWTCast. If you enjoyed this episode, go back and check out more. Uh, we have a ton of fun episodes with the likes of Effie, Kylie Ray, Hornswoggle, Ethan Page, Brody King. Um, God, the list just goes on. Uh, Cole Cabana, Marty DeRosa, Sarah Shockey, John Pollock, Wei Ting, uh, Braden Harrington, Davey Portman, so many. The list goes on and on. Hell, we even got Kevin Smith on. Uh, yep. And there's also some very fun episodes of us uh, here at the shop. You know, we have uh, operations manager Frank Spahik. We have uh, the man in charge of shipping, Paul Jameson, my best friend. So many fun episodes. There's the Jericho Cruise episode, which if you already haven't, Go check it out. It's it's a long one. It's a hefty one, but it's uh, it's like a three four day journal basically of our trip uh, on the Jericho cruise. Uh, it starts out with Frank and Melissa telling a story of their of 
at their house, their you know their living space uh, of their neighbor dying, and then it ends with David and I preventing someone from dying. Uh, not going to spoil much else, but go ahead and check that out. And uh, yeah, man, for the PWT cast, I've been Scrump. And this is Tank. And this is friend of the show, Kenny Omega. Kenny Omega here, friend of the show. Unfortunately, we've run out of things to say. And so, well, we must bid you adieu. So until next time at the PWT's cast, goodbye and good night. Bang. Bang.